They keep asking who I am, I just tell them I'm a Christian Occupation, a description, I just tell them I'm a Christian Nationality, ethnicity, I tell them I'm a Christian Keep the hyphens in division, I just tell them I'm a Christian Welcome to the Savage Truth Podcast, this is Pastor Roy Dockery um, Thank you everyone for joining us for another episode here on the Savage Truth podcast uh so far we've touched on a lot of topics we've talked about every talked about everything from social justice um when it comes to uh you know both M. Jean and the amber geiger case we've talked about um kanye west and uh his public repentance we've talked about police brutality we've talked about um faith i mean you've heard sermons and, and a variety of things so i appreciate uh those who have subscribed i thank you for those that continue to to join us for our myriad of topics, whether it's movie reviews um, and just discussions of things that um, are associated with our with, with my experiences, with the experiences of the guests that we have had and that we'll continue to have. And so I just want to thank you. So that's the that's the, the plug for the for the supporters, the listeners, the subscribers. Um, please continue to share, um, continue to interact for those that I've had conversations with, um, even just those in passing, um, those who have, you know, who have had uh, even a sermon inspired by uh, by the podcast, which was a blessing. I just appreciate everyone's feedback and um, and just confirmation and and the support of knowing that the, the messages that are being put out there are being received and understood and it's driving some people to um, to have, you know, more confidence in their in their line of thought. It's causing some people to change their line of thought. And in some areas, in some areas, it's causing people to think about things that they've never thought about before. Um, so in that same vein, doing what I, I typically do, which is to challenge the way that we the way that we think um, I'm sitting here. I'm not sure when this will be posted, but I'm recording it on Veterans Day. So I'm recording this on November 11th, two thousand. In 19, I'm here sitting in a hotel in Colorado because I'm traveling for business. And, you know, it's a day where we celebrate uh, where we celebrate our veterans. I am a disabled veteran of the United States Navy. My my father is a disabled veteran of the United States Air Force. My brother is a disabled veteran, uh, disabled veteran. And, uh, I mean, you know, and a, and a veteran of the Iraqi war from several deployments um, who was in the U.S. Army. So I come from a family of of military men. So, you know, we exchanged our, our text messages this morning. You know, I posted my, you know, my uh, out of boot camp. Um, a school photo on Facebook and, you know, and got the the myriad of likes. I think every year when I post that photo, it it breaks the record on my Facebook page for the most liked or loved photo of the year. And so it's just that that reflection of and, you know, and to some degree, just reminding people um, that I that I did serve, not because you want people's applause or their recognition, uh but just to just to know one that it's a that it's a part of my story, right? It's a part of the path of my journey that brought me to this place. The technical training that I received, um, some of the dis- the discipline that I gained, um, you know, helps me in my current my current day. So I'm not one of those people that advocates for other people not to join the military. I think it depends on what people are trying to accomplish. But the reason I wanted to make this podcast because today is Monday, and on yesterday we had a small group Bible study um, at my home that we have every other week. Um, and we were going through we were going through Psalms and, and we just got on a tangent talking about um, talking about just race and biases and things of that nature. And there was a there was a statement made that was um, that was, you know, you know, an innocent statement, you know, in no way, uh, you know, I take it the wrong way. But it was just, you know, it was just having 
a degree of appreciation for the fact that we live in a country, at least in today's age, right? Because I know this wasn't the same post-Vietnam. This wasn't um, the same even post-Desert Storm. And even for some of those who return um, from the Iraqi war, right? Where at least we have a culture largely in our country where we respect and appreciate and show love to our veterans, right? I, um, for those that don't know, I travel probably weekly, every other week, um, you know, there are USOs in every airport. Um, if you stop at like the Hudson News or the little newsstands that they have in the airport, um, they, you know, they always, you know, do you want to donate something to the troops? Do you want to send them a snack, you know, give them a book or, or or chapstick, right? We have, you know, organizations like Mission Barbecue and Firehouse Subs and these, these different organizations that, um, that highlight and represent uh, first responders and military personnel and police. Like in America, we take a great deal of nationalistic pride in those who served, um, those who currently serve. Right. And yes, there is a disconnect, um, you know, with, you know, we have a homeless veteran problem. We have a veteran suicide problem. I, you know, I think the least the, the most recent statistic I saw was that there are 22 suicides a day amongst veterans. Right. So even on a day and in a country where, you know, where if you if you look at our 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 media, if you look at our our cities that on today get adorned with flags that um, that get strewn across, you know, streets and um, and, and, and yards and in landscaping. Right. Because we go out and we we line towns with flags. I mean, if you look in a country um, that is, you know, in, in my opinion, almost obsessed with a flag that represents a nation that we're all in. Um, I get to travel all over the world and I've never seen there's no other country I've ever been in <laughs> where citizens are so are so proud. I'll use that word where citizens are so proud of a flag. Right. If you, you know, when I go to Europe, like Germans in Europe don't just have German flags on their homes. Um, if you go to Canada, people don't just have Canadian flags on their homes. Like if people are from a culture or have an ethnicity um, that drives an, another flag, you'll normally see some kind of cultural ethnic associated flag um, flying just because it's, you know, it's kind of their nationality um, or not their nationality, but their ethnicity that that's kind of um, determined. But like you don't see a lot of like flags like that. So America is a very nationalistic country that puts a lot of pride in our military, that puts a lot of pride in our service members. And, and I think that's amazing, right? I think it's amazing that people will stop their day, that people will stop a conversation that, I mean, even when I was in the military, I had people pay for my meals. I had people walk up to me to shake my hand. I had people, um, ex-military that saluted me in public, right? And I have people that, oh, my son serves and my, my, you know, my, my, my daughter serves or my son-in-law serves. And, and people just have this sense of love and appreciation and respect for the men and women in uniform. And I think that's amazing. And so when this when that statement was made and, and you know, my initial response was like, yeah, that's great. And, and what I'm going to talk about on this podcast, but <laughs> but it's but it sucks at the same time. And yes, I'm going to talk about race right now. So anyone who wants to flip over and go to the next episode of the podcast, feel free. Um, but I'm going, you know, just because my story, my mind, my heart. So. You're on the Savage Truth podcast. You're going to get Pastor Roy's experience. And so it was an interesting dynamic for me because I had never even really thought about it until she made that, until the, the person, there was a, a woman in our, our life group that made that statement. And I had never thought about that. But in trying to be honest, right, in my, in my feelings about it, it was like, yes, that is great. But at the same time, it sucks. 
right? And the reason that it sucks at the same time, because people love veterans, which tells me that we can make a conscious decision to have a positive bias towards people based on what they look like. Or we can choose to have a negative bias towards people based on what they look like. Excuse me. Right. Because. Military personnel, service members, first responders, police officers almost unilaterally get the respect and the admiration and the honor of the American public, regardless of the color of their skin when they are in uniform. So when you're wearing something that signifies or identifies in a very public and a very, um, very visible manner that you are a member of the United States Armed Services, if you are a first responder, if you're a firefighter, right, if you're a police officer, if you have a visible representation of that, people automatically look at you. Right. And this is from my experience. And, you know, if anybody wants to disagree with me, feel free to reach out. Um, I've never been called an N-word in uniform. I've been called one out of uniform, but I digress. Um, So, but at the end of the day, right, like people make that conscious decision. So when people see a black man, a Hispanic man, an Asian man in uniform, their mind jumps to patriot that should be honored. So let me thank him for his service. Let me, you know, let me show my appreciation. Let me shake his hand. Let me acknowledge his humanity. Let me acknowledge his personhood. Let me acknowledge him as a fellow citizen, as a fellow brother, as a fellow American. Right. And that's a great feeling to have. And I can understand why you have people that are very pro um, pro military who are minorities, who are pro police. Right. Because you've experienced and you feel that genuine concern, that genuine love and honor from people that I think everyone in humanity has a desire to feel respected and honored as a person. Right. And as Christian. Right. I believe that all men are made all men and women, that humanity is made in the image of God, which means it's worthy. They are worthy of honor. I was reading Miles McPherson book, um, the third, you know, the third option. And he talks about the the honor that we all seek um, and that we look for in, in different ways and how we have to shift to trying to provide that honor to other people. But so that added on to the the, the thought that I had from from yesterday's uh, Bible study, because the interesting thing is. It. <laughs> It almost it almost becomes discouraging. Right. Because you you tend we tend to look at racism as if it's some kind of cancerous enigma that requires this, you know, this this deliberate, concise, destructive correction in order to get it out of our society. Right. People need to be repentant. People need to change their their way of thinking. People need to be colorblind. People need to, you know, to get over past hurts. People need to overcome ignorance. People need to learn how to be culturally sensitive. Like there are so many things we throw at the topic of racism that almost make it that that make it almost an insurmountable challenge for us to overcome or for us to gain any real traction on Right. So like whenever we talk about racism, it becomes such this burdensome thing that's based on, a, you know, a history of hundreds of years of systemic oppression against a group of people and the stereotypes and systemic racism and everything that takes place within America that creates a system of oppression against minorities and reinforces white supremacy and privilege. And we hear all of these things. But it's crazy because if you just put all black people in the military uniform, you would almost eliminate racism. <laughs> 
mind you, we can't dress like that all the time. And I know that's a, that's, you know, it's a it's a hyperbolized statement. Right. But think about the reality of that. Like if people just if people respond to me differently just based on what I'm wearing. Right. Which is something black people have to think about all the time. I know me and my brother uh, Quentin talked about this on the last podcast when we when we did American Son, the movie review. Right. Like if I wear a hoodie, if I wear whatever. Right. There's there's a certain there's a certain perception that I'm assuming. So I have to be ready to deal with that perception because of what I'm wearing. Right. We're in the same vein. Right. For those of us who have been in the military, for those of us, um, for those that have that were that have served um, as police officers, for those who were firefighters and first responders and EMTs. The crazy thing is when we put on a when we put on a uniform of service to America, as when we put on a uniform of service to our nation or to a community. It almost overrides our blackness. So it overrides the negative biases and the microaggressions of racism that we typically deal with. And then people automatically just erase all of their negative prejudices and stereotypes in that moment. Right. And they choose to refer to the positive bias that they have with the military that's been heavily ingrained into the American conscious. Right. It's almost like they can't fight it. Like you can hate black people. But if one of them's in uniform you, you you at least got a smile and you thank you for your service, right? Like where if that same black guy had on a hoodie and some jeans and some Timberlands, you would look the other way or do something completely different, right? Because it's so heavily ingrained into our culture in America, because there's a very providential um, nationalistic culture in America where we care for our own first, right? We care about those who serve to protect us, right? Those who put their lives on the line for ordinary citizens, that that's so ingrained into our culture, into our media, into our education system, into everything that we do, that it overrides people's internal inherent biases, right? And that sucks because to be a black man in America who, I mean, to give you a realistic example. So when I was in the Navy, I was stationed in, in North Charleston or in Goose Creek, South Carolina for Naval, uh, the Naval Nuclear Power Training Command, right? And so when you're going through school, when you're, you know, when you're, when you're first in the military, there are restrictions. So like you can't leave base when you're not in uniform. So I remember going downtown to Charleston, South Carolina in my uniform, right, with mostly, I mean, I was in a program that was like 98% white, so I'm the only black guy amongst <laughs> um, amongst white guys, but I was also the oldest um, normally amongst uh, amongst my, my, my fellow sailors, right? So when we would go into downtown Charleston, I never felt any different, right? I never felt like I was treated any differently than anyone else that I was with. The level of respect, right? People didn't intentionally salute them and ignore me, right? People normally almost spoke to me as if I was their superior because I just, I looked older than them, right? And I kind of was the leader of the group. That was always, my tendency is always to lead. Um, So people like, you know, whether we were in restaurants, whether, you know, like I said, when people came to pay for our food, when people walked up to the table and said, thank you, people who would touch you, people who would engage with you, women, older women who would put their hands on your shoulder and men who would shake your hands. Right. All of this physical contact that is unusual. (laughs) Right. For 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 especially for black men in largely white populations, especially in South Carolina. Right. So then if you paint that in comparison to, you know, I go through school, I get married 
And now I don't live, you know, I, I don't have to leave base. You know, I'm an instructor, so I can leave base dressed however I want. And then that same downtown Charleston community, I remember walking down the street with my wife and very clearly an older an older white couple looks like grandparents with their granddaughter. And she was playing on the sidewalk. Their granddaughter looked at me and my wife and just smiled as she was dancing and playing on the sidewalk. And I mean, in a in a in a hurried fear. The grandmother grabbed the little girl and like pulled her to the side and like held her as if me and my wife were in the mood to kidnap white children and not to go to dinner. Right. Like that. That's that that stark difference is the reality of these same like that same those same people probably if I was in uniform standing there with my wife, they probably would have smiled and been glad for their daughter, their granddaughter to to smile at a service member in the United States military. But somehow we have this disconnect in our mind, right? Like we allow our negative biases to control our everyday reactions until there's something we experience or there's something ingrained in us, it seems, to trigger us to respond positively, right? So same example, like you have people who love sports, right? And you have people who love sports that, you know, that don't have great relationships with minorities otherwise, but their favorite football team is full of black people. Their favorite basketball team is full of black people, right? Like most of the sports that they watch, the teams that they share on, the jerseys that they wear, right, are, are minorities. But it's like, okay, there's a bias now, which is why it's also a, you, you know, a rare thing now. And we'll have a discussion with Ian Thomas about athlete activism. That's why it's, it's, it's rare now that you actually see a lot of athletes speaking out against racial things because they get to exist almost in a non-racial bubble when they're in their when they're in their sports world, right? When you're in your jersey, when you're in your locker room, right? When you're when you're in the warm up suit, you know, when you got your when you got your jersey on, when you got your helmet on, when you when you're when you're dressed for the occasion, right? People associate the positive bias to you. Now you're an athlete that they respect. They respect your athleticism, they respect your discipline, they respect your dedication. So they automatically associate that, you know, they, they put those positive biases and preferences on that person and they basically put it above, <laughs> right, any of the negative connotations that they typically have, you know, or that a lot of people have associated with race. So it, and, it, and it makes me make the ridiculous question. I mean, and it, you know, and it sounds it's, you know, it sounds ridiculous to me, but it was like, is, is racism really that easy of a choice for people? Like I'm just walking down the sidewalk and I can be like going to be racist towards you, not racist towards that guy. He's in the military. I'm going to be racist towards you, not racist towards that guy because that's my favorite football player. And I'm going to be racist towards you and not racist towards you because you're a police officer and I respect what you do. Right. Is that like is that how we function in life? Right. Like, is that how we function where we allow positive biases that we have in our own hearts and in our own minds to dictate the way that we interact with people, right? Like we love our veterans, we love our athletes, we love our police officers. But as Christians, we're called to love our neighbors, right? So in that same mentality, if we had a conscious decision every day when we walked out the house to say, I'm going to love my neighbor, right? So for for everybody that loves veterans and, you know, and you want to salute and tip a hat to every veteran that you see, I would challenge you to leave the house and see every person that walks out the house like they're a veteran. 
Leave the house and have respect and honor for every human being that you interact with, regardless of what they look like, regardless of their occupation, because that's what Christ called us to do. That's what the Bible tells us to do. That's what Jesus commands us to do. Right. Not the cultural assumptions and positive and negative biases and stereotypes and prejudices that have we've had ingrained in us through whatever things that we've we've encountered and we've engaged with. Right. But find that, you know, just just take a moment with me, please. Anyone who's listening and find that thing that allows you to show love to people. At the level you think, you know, at the highest level. Right. Because like for right now in America, I think veteran is like that highest level. Some people put police almost where veterans are, but I still think police almost fall a little bit below where veterans are, like in the the way that we show love, the way that we show honor, the way that we show respect to individuals in this country. Right. And to me, that's the kind of love that God is commanding us. God is commanding us to honor other people with love. Right. Love one another. Everyone talks about the 59 love one another in the New Testament. Right. The Bible says the way that we love one another is how they will know with, um, that, you know, that, that we are his disciples. Right. The Bible says love God. Right. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Right. There's a lot of love. Love your neighbor. Love, 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 love. But in reality, in actuality, in actuality, in application, <laughs> The only real love that I see expressed in that manner, because I don't see that kind of and I'll be honest. Right. And I don't see that kind of love expressed amongst Christians because I know Christians that respond to me differently based on what I'm wearing. Right. I don't see that kind of love expressed even amongst races. Right. There are black people who have problems with other black people, depending on the pigment of their skin. If I'm still natural or if I perm my hair. Right. You have white people that have differences, you know, based on economics. Right. You got white trash and you got, you know, you got the, you know, trailer park people and golf, you know, golf course living. Like, do we always create these separations amongst ourselves where in reality, God is calling us to love one another, regardlessly to love one another, you know, despite differences. Right. But the only, you know, so and I'm an applications kind of person. I'm an applications engineer. I don't just like the theoretical aspect of telling people to love your neighbor. When I when I talked about racism in in the second episode, if you want to go back and listen to it, when I talked about, you know, that, that, that racism is not about what you hate. It's about what you love. Again, that was trying to challenge people to look at racism in an applicable way. Right. Stop looking at racism based on you hate black people or you hate white people or you hate Asian. That's not what it's about. Right. I'm challenge. I challenge people to look at racism through the lens of racism is based on what you choose to love. So instead of do you hate black people, do you hate white people? The question is, do you love white people? Do you love black people? Do you love Asian people? Do you love um, Hispanic people or Pacific Islanders or whatever the category is? Right. Whatever the ethnicity is. Do you love them the same way you love people who look like you? Do you love them the same way, the, the, the way that God commands us to love one another? And if we're all honest with ourselves, the answer is no. Like I'm making the podcast. I'm the one that has the the conviction in the in the in the spiritual grief 
about the community not being in this way. And this is something I still have to push myself to do every day. I have to push myself to show love to people who intentionally don't speak to me when I say hello. I have to push myself to love people, right, who who choose to look down on me. I have to choose, you know, to love people who just have bad attitudes. I have to choose to love people that provide bad service, <laughs> right? I have to choose to love people who lie at work and in my personal life and people who are fake and, and not open, like, but you choose to love again and again, right? And I feel the fruits of the spirit give you that ability to love. And anytime we feel like someone isn't deserving of love, we always reflect back on the gospel that God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. So who are we to withhold love when we already know we're broken and weren't deserving of God's grace? But that's the only thing I see in our society, right? I like application. The only thing I see in our society where we almost unilaterally show respect and love in a way that I think is even similar <laughs> Right. That's even close to the way that God wants us to honor one another, the way that God wants us to support one another. Right. Like we we love our veterans. We, we celebrate when they come home. We celebrate, um, you know, when they when they make it out of war zones. Right. But yet. <laughs> but even that, you know, is 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 hollow in its um, in its follow through. So and even in this, I'm talking about just the public interaction with the way that we engage with people on a daily basis. Right. So when we see people acknowledging their humanity, respecting them as people and showing honor to them. As a creature made in the image of God. Right. Like we do to our veterans, the way that we'll pause for a veteran just to say hello. Why don't you pause for anyone to say hello? Why don't you pause for the person that looked upset to say hello? Why don't you pause for the person that looks perplexed to say hello? Why don't you pause for the person, you know, who who looks frustrated or anxious to say hello and see if there's a way that you can honor them that makes them reflect on their their own humanity and gives them peace about what they're doing that allows them to see the grace of another human being, allows them to see themselves through someone else's eyes as something other than whatever problem or struggle they're dealing with at that moment. Why can't we love our neighbor like we love our veterans, at least publicly? Right. We don't we don't we don't we don't systemically love our veterans either. Right. And we can talk about that in other episodes. Right. We have a we have an issue with homeless veterans. We have an issue with veterans health care. Like I said, I'm a disabled veteran who happens to also work in health care. So I get to see the considerable disparity between private and public hospitals and VA run medical facilities. It's getting better. Yes, it's getting better in areas where they they have an opportunity to build. But the Philadelphia Veterans Administration um, Medical Center is is ridiculous. The one in Wilmington is ridiculous. Right. The old one in Colorado is ridiculous. Like the fact that we have minimal care for the people we 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 publicly love so much. But right. But even that love is and I'm going to agree that even that love is superficial. Right. So even even the love that I'm challenging us to habitually try to display is still superficial. But I would hope that conditioning yourself to have right to have this response, to have this love, to have this appreciation and honor for another human like most people do when they see veterans or police officers or first responders of any kind. I would hope that that conditioning would take us to start take us to a place where we start seeing the honor in humanity, 
And when we see that honor in humanity, it won't just stop at the super superficial hello and the greeting and the caring about people at a um, at a very um, high level, kind of superficial level. It will become deeper. Right. So then we when we when we see a homeless person and we honor their humanity, then we can, we're concerned about the situations and the and the systems or the circumstances that led them there. Right. When we see someone um, who's struggling with an addiction or we see somebody um, even who's just drunk in public. Right. We recognize and honor their humanity and try to, you know, and try to figure out ways we can support and serve them to deal with that issue. Right. Like anything that we do when we truly love people and we honor them. As creatures made in the image of God, it should change the way that we interact with them. Right. It should it should change the way that we treat waitresses. I tell people all the time, like I, I judge most people's character or evaluate. I'll use the word judge. I know Christians would be like, don't judge that the Bible doesn't say that. <laughs> Bible does. Just, Bible says judge, judge, not let ye be judged. Same measure. Right. So it says you will be judged by the measure. And it also tells us to judge other Christians. Um Judging the world is reserved for God. But the whole concept of, right, how do we go about life? What is it about our life, about our interactions, about the way that we engage with people, about the way that we connect with people? How can we use everyday interactions to show God's love in a way that it would make people wonder we are God's disciples? Make people, you know, make people want wonder yeah, it'll, it'll tell, it'll show people we're, we're God's disciples and hopefully make them want to also be God's disciples. Right. But we are we are all naturally programmed. Right. It is a I mean, you can look up the term negativity bias. Right. Which is also known as the negativity effect. Right. And it's the notion that even like even when of equal intensity. Right. That things of a more negative nature have a greater effect on our psychological state in the way that we process neutral or even positive things, right? So the negative stereotypes, the negative media images, the negative things that have been portrayed in culture about the way that we look at other people of different races, of different economic classes, of different, um, of different uh, religious backgrounds, right? All of the negativity that we've been exposed to has a greater impact on the way that we psychologically engage with other people and the way that we process those people, right, than it does something that's neutral or positive, right? So if you had a positive experience, you had one positive experience and one negative experience, right? Negativity bias says you will be more psychologically prone to you to, to have a greater emphasis in that negative experience than you did the positive, because in reality, a lot of people's negativity effect or their negativity, their negativity bias isn't even largely based on their own experiences. It's based on a culture. Right. It's based on um, it's, it's based on a media culture. It's based on an American culture um, that is largely, you know, demonized poverty. Right. That's you know, we had the war on drugs. Right. And just the war on welfare. And we just have this very negative view of people who are not like us. Right. And then we can exist in places where we constantly consume more and more of that same information. 
right? So we can, you know, our, our news outlets, right, can just, you know, that conservatives are e evil, that liberals are evil, right? You can find news outlets that the white man is evil or that black people are evil or that Mexicans are trying to, you know, trying to steal kids and cartels or murdering everybody and sex trafficking, right? Like we can always find information in these very narrow-minded places that allow us to just stew and marinate in our negativity that impacts our psychological state, right? So that's why, like, even when you read the Bible and it talks about the renewing of your mind, it's because this isn't just an emotional, spiritual thing. Like, we are cognitively wired based on our experiences to respond to people in certain ways. So it takes it takes conditioning and practice and prayer and meditation and the spirit of God and just, you know, the <laughs> and just God himself, <laughs> right, helping us change our mind, right? Have this mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. So the transforming of our mind along with the transforming of our heart is what should, should allow us to be better people than the divisive, selfish individuals that, that this country, that this world would want us to be. We love our veterans like we should love our neighbors. We show love, and I should say we show love to our veterans like we should show love to our neighbors. So if you're listening to this and you're one of those people, and I, I mean, I am as well. Every time I see somebody with a Navy hat on, I got to speak to them in public. I don't care what they look like, right? When I see army retiree, when I see Vietnam veteran, right? When I see Iraqi veteran, like I, I speak to people because of that. It's something that I have in common with them. And again, there's a positive bias towards military and people who have served where you connect with them. And when you when you greet them, they respond in the same way. Like, oh, you were in service. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was in the Navy. I was in the Army, blah, blah, blah. I did four years. I did 20 years. I did 30 years. Whatever the case may be, we find that commonality. But what I'm challenging us to do is we should find that com commonality as, as creatures made in the image of God. <laughs> you look human. I look human. That's cool. And again, I don't I don't want to oversimplify things, but it is that simple. If we can unconsciously overcome every stereotype, <laughs> right, prejudice, bias in our mind, just because somebody has on a uniform. We, we can't we can't do that because it's the because it's the best way for us to interact with humanity. Right. Like the even or, it, you know, and again, I'll, I'll talk to non-Christians and Christians. Right. So the way we interact with humanity and then on the Christian perspective, the way that we're like, we don't obey God <laughs> who tells us to love our neighbor. But I'll treat everybody with respect who has on a uniform. There's a disconnect. And the root cause behind that, I, I believe, is the negativity bias. Right. We tend to re react Right. Physically, psychologically, and I think even spiritually more geared towards our negative experiences than our positive. But then there are some positive biases that we have that are strong because of, you know, what's been, you know, because of what we've been taught, because of what we've been exposed to and because of our preferences. Right. That override those those those, you know, almost autonomous negative responses. And there's a greater autonomous response. Right. Like some people's response to, you know, a group of black men approaching is to clutch their purse and check for their wallet. But some people's response to a group of black basketball players approaching is to get an autograph. Right. Like there's something 
in us that's autonomously driving that response, right? And whether it's a negative bias or a positive bias, or if it's our own prejudices, if it's our own, you know, if it's our own preferences, that at the end of the day, like we are called to love our neighbors. So I would just challenge you, whatever that is, whether it's if it's police officers, if it's athletes, if it's, you know, if it's your favorite entertainer, whatever it is, whatever it is that makes you forget all of the negative biases and connotations you have against you against humanity that makes you respond in a positive way to people. Right. Like I even get the same experience and I tell people this all the time, like, I, you know, anyone who sees me on social media, um, I often wear a shirt that says I'm a Christian. Um, you know, I have a song that I made that's not released yet, but it's also at the beginning and the entry, you know, normally at the beginning and the end of every podcast that I do. Um, so you hear you hear the snippets. But I also find that me wearing a shirt that says I'm a Christian gets me a positive response from people who don't typically talk to me. Right. When I'm if I'm traveling and I'm, especially if I'm traveling and I'm heading to a hotel, I'm normally in sweatpants and a hoodie. Right. Because they're comfortable. They're warm. I can take a hoodie off if the plane is too warm I can keep the hoodie on if the plane is cold. Right. So I travel very comfortably. But I'm also a six foot two black man. Right. So it's a very urban look for me. It's normally some sweatpants, a hoodie, you know, some Converse's or some Jordans, um, more, you know, more Converse's than Jordans. I have one pair of Jordans, but um, in like 100 pair of Converse. So normally some Converse's. Right. But that is my that is my go to travel outfit. If I'm not going directly to a meeting where I have to get off the plane, get into a rental car and drive to an office or drive to a a customer meeting, in which case I'm normally in a suit or something else. But if I'm not in a suit or a dress shirt or a polo shirt because I'm heading to the office, I'm typically wearing something that says I'm a Christian or I'm wearing something that says um, about that action and it has a scripture on it. Um, I wear stuff from other artists like Child of God from Marcel um, Jackson from Hog Mob. I wear, you know, uh, God over money gear from um, from Bizzle. I wear menace movement gear from um, from Dayton. And a a lot of other friends that I have that, you know, that do stuff within the industry. But I normally have on something that indicates I am a Christian. In doing that over the last year, I've noticed that it gives people, whether I'm at the airport, the grocery store, at the Walmart or whatever, it, it creates a positive interaction with people that would normally be neutral at best or negative. Right. Because most people tend to be neutral um, some people tend to be neutral, trending towards negative, and some people are just negative. But very rarely, right, in normal interactions and in, in non-minority populations, do I have overwhelmingly positive experiences, you know, as <laughs> as like a black guy in the in a in a normally overly, you know, in a in a kind of majority white context, right? But in an I'm a Christian shirt. I actually have more positive experiences than I have. And and like I have more positive experiences, almost no negative. And even my neutral experiences are more positive. So it's like an acknowledgement or recognition. And people say, oh, I'm a Christian, too, or I really like your shirt. But these are people speaking to and pausing and stopping to engage with me in a manner that people did not typically do unless I was in military, unless I was in uniform or wearing something referencing my veteran status or my, the fact that I was a service member, because I think we all walk around in our own mental fog of negativity. Right. And then we look for positive things 
to, you know, we look for positive things that trigger us to engage and interact with humanity in a in a positive or I would say in a Christ like manner. Right. So when we see things that, you know, we see similarities, when we see things that that we respect, when we see things that we hold in high regard or high regard or in honor, then we respond in that way to people. But that sucks for the people who, when they take off that uniform, they go from being from receiving your positive bias to receiving your negative. Right. That sucks for people who feel honored and respected when they're in uniform, but they fear they, they feel feared and and minimalized and marginalized when they're not in uniform. Right. So as much as I, I as I'm as I'm highlighting the beauty of it, please understand even that has a two, a, a, you know, it's a, it's a double sided coin, because if you respect me because of what I'm wearing, then that means you almost inherently disrespect me when I'm not wearing it, because if I experience the respect and then I experience a lack of it when I'm wearing something else. It's kind of like, OK, so like you see me like I'm the same person. Right. I served in the military, whether I have on a uniform or not active duty military people served in are in actively in the military, whether they're in uniform or not. Like, right. Whether we're walking around wearing a wearing a costume or a uniform that gives you a reflection of our service is irrelevant. Right. It, 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 what I'm wearing doesn't change me change my status as a veteran. What someone else is wearing doesn't change whether or not they're a police officer or were a police officer or are a firefighter or were an EMT. It doesn't matter, right? Like they still provided that service and you would still respect it if you knew it. But why do we need that to be what drives our respect for another human being? Why can't we respect another human being because they're human? Why can't we hold people in high regard because that's how we would want to be treated? Right. Why don't <laughs> why don't we show appreciation for everyone in every, you know, in everything that they do to contribute to the world that we live in, whether they serve our country, whether they serve our food, you know, whether they serve our family. Right. We should hold our hold our children's teachers <laughs> in that high of a regard. Right. We should hold our children's physicians in that high of a regard. I think you should hold your waitress in that high of a regard because that's how we should treat humanity. Because that's how we should love our neighbors, because that's what God commanded us to do. So that's just my spiel, my spew for the moment. Um, But again, like I said, it's just it's that day, man. I just everybody's thanking you for your service and all the other stuff, the smiles and the, the glisten in the eye of the people who have such a high degree of respect and appreciation and honor for the veterans. Then then treat those same people that way. When they're not in uniform, just assume everybody you run into. Right. If that's a thing that gets it for you. Right. If that helps you put yourself in the right mental mind state until you get the spiritual revelation and or you even convert it. Because then I know a lot of people who listen to my podcast aren't Christian. But like like if, if even if you just start with that base mentality. Right. Like whatever it is you hold in higher esteem, whatever it is that makes you put people in a in a higher category of honor and respect. Why don't you try to put everyone in that category? One, and just see how much more of a positive impact you have on other people's lives, but also see how much more of a positive impact it has on your life. Because showing disdain and contempt and judgment and fear for people is draining. 
but showing love and support and acknowledgement and honor for people is renewing and invigorating. So the same way you you get that burst of energy when you get to recognize a veteran, when you get to recognize a police officer and they smile in response to you honoring them for what they do, you would get that same feeling if you honored regular people on a daily basis. Yeah, some people will ignore you because they're so used to being beat down. They don't understand what love looks like. But most people will respond in a positive manner. And that positive response will become contagious and you'll want to see it more. You'll want to see a smile on people's faces that was caused by you acknowledging their humanity, whether it's someone who's looking for change on a sidewalk or if it's a person that you pass on an elevator or just someone who's serving you coffee at a Starbucks. If we show love to people, it has an impact because we're made we're made to be loved. We're made to give love. So choose to do it today. Love your neighbor like we show love to our veterans. I want to thank you and thank everyone for joining us again on this episode of the Savage Truth podcast. Um, again, anyone who, um, who, who has a question, who has uh, feedback, if, you know, discussions, if, you know, anybody wants to have a, a bigger discussion on it, anyone wants to have a debate on it, um, I'm open to do so. I'll come do it in person. We can do it on the phone. We can do it on the podcast. I'm, um, I am open to, and I actually love engaging in conversations with differences of opinion. These are my opinions that are based largely on my, my stories and my experiences. Um, so yes, I don't quote a lot of statistics and and other things because uh, what's real to me, I'm sure, is real to other people. So um, I can speak factually about experiences that I have personally had because uh, I don't have to. And because largely, one, I don't really talk about things that <laughs> that aren't related to my story. So I thank God for those experiences because even though they may hurt, even though they may be painful, even though they may feel. Um, diminishing um, to us as individuals, it gives me it gives me an opportunity to speak about it. And it gives me an opportunity to look at it through the context of what God calls us to do. Right. So, yes, I have a greater degree of grace um, and in in faith that (laughs) that I have to carry in a world where people will treat you differently just because of what you look like. But God gave it to me freely. And he's given me peace about who I am, when I was born and where I was born. So I walk with it. And I hope that other people can find it as well. So thank you for joining us. Um, You know, any information you want on us, you can always find at RoyDockery.org. If anyone wants to support our nonprofit organization that does outreach for the homeless, discipleship activities, um, benevolence for families and and things of that nature, um, you can you'll see the donate banner at the top of RoyDockery.org. Or you can visit um, our nonprofit website directly at OnFaithMinistries.com. So, again, Thank you for joining us on the Savage Truth podcast and on our latest episode. Continue to share, like, subscribe um, and, and, and get with us. So if you have any questions, topics that you want to have discussed or opinions that you um, that you want to have us have us or me share guests you want to see on the show, please let us know. Uh, we're going to start moving into a, a, a new season where we do a lot more interviews, start bringing in some um, some people to discuss some of their programs, their their books and things of that nature um, so that we can not only just sit here and listen to my story, but we can hear about other people's stories as well. If you don't know Jesus, um, if you, you know, if you've experienced religion, if you've had issues with religion in the, in the past, I just, you know, and I had a conversation with a friend of mine. I just, 
I just pray that you give Christ a chance despite what you see from Christians, despite what you see from religion. Um, I was in the same place that many of you are. Um, and I didn't, you know, I wasn't looking for religion. I wasn't looking for a savior. Um, but when I found Christ, he saved me. So look for Christ, not just Christians in religion. So, um, you know, start with the gospel and read the red letters. And again, we thank you for joining us on every episode of the Savage Truth Podcast. Uh, we're just here to challenge the way that we think and to put the gospel into context. So we thank you. We love you. Have a good day. Gonna get your power when it intervenes. Demons cower, start whimpering. When he makes his entrance and leave his imprint, the world will see that his love is infinite. Man, what do you want? This is your hour of truth. So get up now and just move. I see power in you. It's hitting inside, so get loose. You've been knocked down, we won't lose. Step in the ring before repping the gym. Master the court before smashing the rim. Practice alone before wanting the fame. Setting the aim and moving his name. Jesus, your power's off the meters. I love how you call believers from a gymnast to a chemist. Freaking limits. Men and women move in your image. No 10 minutes, I feel limitless. On the court of life with 10 assists. With the son of my God, I'm running the odds and shocking like thunder rise. Going hard in the rink, in the classroom, and in the ring. On the stage, in the octagon, my destiny, I'm walking on. No matter the challenge, I'm moving in God, my high tower. My high tower. Every time I lace my gloves up, I feel that power. Got that power, power, my God. He got that power, got that power. Power, my God. He got that power in his hands. Got that power over man. Got that power. In circumstance. Got that power. When we stand. Got that Like acid kinetic causing disaster Like nuclear fission faster than molecules in an atom This energy comes from battery Bloody savior who captured me It rolls like the undertaker Casket becomes a battle scene I'm battling opponents I'm chosen so call it grace Got this burden on my shoulder And defeat is his name So I'm across this finish line And thank my God that I made it And raise this trophy to my savior Let the world think I'm crazy I'm crazy Headed to the top Big quick when the vision get clear Then the smoke get thick Gotta be the best rest that you never did get sleep enough when you die to the grinding grit gotta get this in cause I paid my rent sacrifice my life I'ma save this dick never purpose ever since I was a kid ain't no stop up a mama because I want my gear they don't see my blood they don't see my life they don't see my tears they don't see my wife they don't see my fears they don't see my fight all they see is fear all they see is life but it's about to get real nasty when you pass me only time I quit is in the casket you can have that flash just for the average don't pass the point of passion for the masses they trying to make you Give in, give up and never win. Oh. They try to make you forsake the diet and cheat yourself. Nope. How can you ever be different if you remain the same? How can you become a legend if you don't change the game? Why do you think that they hating the way you never rest? Because they parking you climbing, striving to be the best. They telling you that you'll never make it to higher levels. But you the reason the demons is bringing higher levels. Oh, power, power, my God, you got that power, got that power. 
Steve!